um, to do that kind of a thing. But that actually, there was also another point I want to make about a different fourth liner, and that's Tomas Nosek and his fight. Oh my god, um, that was that was something. Well, you know, um, it, it's, <laughs> hey, look, it's Christmas season. It's it's the thought that counts. It is. It's the thought that counts. Now, he wanted to protect his fellow countrymen, uh, Pasternak, but one, that was a clean hit by Hunt either way. Um, it was a clean hit. Pasta goes down kind of hard, yes, but he was fine. He got up fine. Um, didn't have any injury from it or anything. But it was funny because Nosig comes out of nowhere, slashes him, gets the extra two minutes for slashing, then gets the fighting <laughs> fighting penalty. And he threw like two swings and then like just completely knocked himself onto the ground. <laughs> and he just... You, I don't know. That must be his first fight. I, it looked like it had to have been his first no, fight. Well, no, he his had first one fight earlier. Was last week. Or we yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. Because somebody hit, have another one. Somebody, somebody hit, somebody hit Pasternak that time too, right? Yeah. yeah. Who, who it, was that against? Um, was it Philly? No, was it, was it Philly? I forget who it was. It was in Boston. No, I'm, I'm blanking. Vancouver, maybe Chicago. Yeah, oh, yeah, because that yeah. was the game I wasn't at. Where oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Greer it was. also dropped the gloves like sometime yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one game I wasn't at, so it wasn't coming to my mind immediately. But it also just kind of looked like no six first ever fight because of how how very bad it went. Yeah. Um, well, the, you know. the last one looked like his first ever fight too. So. so every fight looks like maybe maybe this year was the first year he's decided to mix it up. I don't um, think he's thrown a punch in two fights. I think he's had two I, fights. Yeah. I don't know. I think he hasn't landed one. I, he might have thrown them. But he hasn't landed one. If he's throwing them, I think he's under Harry Potter's cloak of invisibility because I'm not seeing him. <laughs> he's just like windmilling yeah. and nothing's happening. But I'm like I'm just glad he's okay because when he the way he went down at first, I thought like Hunt might have popped him like directly in the face and like not knocked him out, but like really possibly hurt him. Um, but then they show the replay and like I think Hunt more kind of grazed him and, and Nosek was just off balance and yes. losing his footing and down he goes. But and then the, then the ref comes right up to him and and like, are you good? I could, are you are you okay? Did you hurt yourself? Okay. Uh, he's like, like it looked like he was using right away. Like yeah, you try but it looked like he was like using Dryden Hunt's glove as a pillow because he like <laughs> landed right on it. Yeah, and it's just funny to me because first of all, him and Pasternak very rarely are on the ice together. So they were on the ice at some sort of a weird half change at that point in time. And he just got really cranky about it and, you know, wanted to protect pasta, I guess. And in my mind, I'm going, huh, those two aren't normally on the ice together at the same time. I was like, are we going with a different check line where you you throw uh, Zaka, Nosek, pasta out there together? That wouldn't be a great idea, but... They just have so many Czech players on this team. Like the, Lauko too. When Lauko's up, he's Czech as well. So well, in Zaboro, but hopefully we don't and see him Zaboro. again. I'm done with Zaboro. Check made on him. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think Nosik was probably just watching a bunch of like Luchi highlights before the game. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it was obviously the hit was clean as day. Nothing wrong with the hit. That was that was how you draw it up. Um, but you know, when it comes to Pasternak, like obviously, if somebody puts him on his ass, like the Bruins feel like they got to respond because it's um, Pasternak. And I, I mean, I get that, but 
They had Felino serve the other penalty, and I'm just imagining the conversation in the penalty box with him and Nosik, like, buddy, just let let me handle that next time. <laughs> like, let let one of us handle it. Yeah, well, he definitely had <laughs> Nosik did not have much conviction in his actions because you know he went up to him and then it was like, well, you you're guy lays a clean hit, you know, you give him a little hack in the shin pads, you you engage with him, and then immediately you're like oh i just i didn't want to do that it's like i i, like, I guess i wasn't expecting a follow-up question it's like that scene from the, from the departed yeah. i was i was trying to read bridges when you mentioned uh him and felina on the box because that you could see no like like that you could see them talking i was trying to read no six lips and i might be off but like it almost looked like he was saying something like like that wasn't good or or i wasn't good or something and it's like Felino kind of chuckled and gave him like a little yeah. stick tap to the shin pads, <laughs> you know, like, like, don't worry about it. Like, good job, bud. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking when I saw it. I was like, I wonder if he's giving up, if he's asking for advice right now because he, he needed to, he needed some anyway, that was just, that happened immediately. Not immediately before, but like two minutes before the, the poster not goal or it was it, it happened not that long um, ahead of the post. That's how the, the period really started. That's how that the second period started with um, that random fight and then um, coming out and, and Pasta scoring right after the penalty expired. So, well, look, I mean, no sick may have, you know, I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, fighting anytime soon for real, but. You can make the argument that you know his actions still helped jumpstart the team because if nothing else, you know Pasternak probably felt bad that he took a little beating for a clean hit against them and was like, all right, well, I'm going to go there and score now. And you know, obviously, the game needed some sort of juice, and it's not like that fight provided anything in the moment. But uh, I definitely think the Bruins, like you, you know, you respect your team when you when you stand up for somebody like that. Um, and yeah, and and the game needed some emotion. It was it was flat. Um, like like we've talked about, Colorado's going into a game backs are really up against the wall when it comes to the personnel that they have. And, you know, it's one thing to try to beat Arizona with that roster, but to beat, you know, beat the Bruins, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a tall task. And I think up until that point, it was pretty slow and monotonous. And then from then on out, you know, slowly, but surely the guys became more engaged on both sides. And yeah, I mean, Pashnak scores the first goal of the game. Um, you know, I think it was, it must've been during a, during a line change or, or maybe, it was just an off shift because I think Taylor Hall set up. Actually, you know what? I think it was off the face off. So Taylor, it was it was a set line combination. They had Hall on that line for that shift, and uh, he set up Pashnak for a one timer in the slot. You see the Bruins do this play a lot. We're off the draw. They kind of do a little windmill and switch roles, and um, the passes in Pashnak skates. But then obviously, um, you know, about five six seconds later, Krejci finds Pashnak again, and it's one to nothing. And, um, which by know, the way, that was a great, great effort by Krejci on that too to like shield the puck, get it back, and then find Pasanak with the backhand. Yeah, it was, it was a good play by him. Um, who I thought otherwise had a bit of a, a you know, a slow night, but you know, we talk about the third line being the stars of the show, but and, and again, it, it's kind of the calling card for this Bruins team. It's like everybody has their fingerprints over every win, and while the third line excelled tonight, it was you know, it was their top guy. Uh, passion act that kind of got them going and got the ball rolling. And again, it just goes to show that it's a different guy at different points in every single game. That, that's, that's getting these Bruins going. Yeah. yeah and, and, and go ahead, Scott. I was going to say like, that was something like the situational mixing and matching that you talked about earlier, Brian, where 
you know, they just got done killing a penalty. Obviously, we know Coyle's a big part of the penalty kill, so he's probably not ready for a shift right after. So you move Hall up to, to that second line, you know, no reason to have him sitting on the bench any longer. Bump him up, and he gets a, a shift there, and, and that line ends, ends up scoring. I I feel like in recent games, like, whenever Montgomery switches Hall in for some, like, uh, at the last second for, like, some sort of situation off a of faceoff that, you know, wasn't the original plan for the night, like, in the last game against Vegas, um, that's how they score the game-tying goal is because they switch Hall onto a power play unit that he's not normally on, um, take the brusque off, and and he scores off the, you know, he scores on the power play. And then they they send him out there again, not in his normal spot. And, and it has worked in recent games to just get him involved, um, even if it's not with, the third line the whole game sometimes trying them up and it's paid off it's paid off um at least twice in two games one other thing too guys that that i i really have learned to appreciate with uh with jim montgomery behind the bench and, and it's not that bruce didn't do this necessarily i know claude didn't do this entirely but um you know the bruins they have a great uh, philosophy of making sure that special teams doesn't disengage any one player on their team because they're not involved. And like you look at Charlie Coyle. So yeah, Coyle's not on either of the power play units this year, but he is like you guys mentioned, he's excelling and he's relied upon in penalty killing and he's, and he's leading the, and forgive me if one of you guys just said this, but if he's not leading the team in penalty killing minutes for forwards, he's right there. And I'm sure he's up he, there in the he league. Is. He's first. Okay. So, yeah. And, you know, you look up and down the lineup and it's like, okay, so on the power play, you have Lindholm out there and McAvoy out there um, on defense. Krejci, Bergeron, Martian, Felino, Hall, Zaka, um, you know, Pashnak, if I didn't say him. These guys are all getting power play touches. And then on the penalty kill, Forbert and Carlo and Clifton, those guys are getting penalty kill minutes. And Nosek and Coyle and um, – you know, Bergeron and Martian too. My point is if you get into a situation where special teams is kind of disrupting the flow of five on five, it's not hurting the Bruins as much as other teams or maybe Bruins in the years past because everybody, nobody's sitting cold on the bench because if it's a penalty, certain guys are getting their touches. If it's power play, certain guys are getting their touches. And then obviously you have a handful of guys that are kind of getting touches on both. Um, those are your top guys. But I think that's, that's something I've noticed this year too that I think has really helped the Bruins stay engaged all game long. Yes, Smith and or Greer are like that's the only spot where that I think that's happened quite a few times because yeah, Frederick ne- too. Neither one of them are on, on are on either um, special teams unit, and they're on the fourth line five on five. So it's like there have definitely been stretches where Smith or Greer goes you know five, six, seven minutes without a shift, not even because of a benching, but just because special teams throw things off. But um, but yeah, other than that, to your point, like yeah, everyone's everyone's staying in it. Frederick's yeah. gotten Frederick's gotten PK PK time as well. Yeah, Bridget. but yeah, yeah, but limited comparatively, and also doesn't get time on the power play. So, um, yeah, Frederick's like the extra guy you throw in there on the PK. Um, but but I do think Frederick tends to get like one of those first shifts right after yeah. either a power play or a penalty kill. Grizzly two, Grizzly two might be one of those guys that's kind yeah. of been. Uh, maybe he might get heat depending he on who's in the, get almost any time on the kill. It depends who's in the box, right? If like one of the Bruins defensemen is, but if it, but if it's uh if it's a forward, then yeah, usually they're rolling out Carlo and Forbert, Lindholm and 
Clifton or McAvoy, one of those combinations. But yeah, yeah, and that and that's probably fine because like Grizzlicks, I think Grizzlicks at his best five on five. So, um, you know, that's obviously part of the reason why like his minutes are down. I'm gonna guess he's probably sixth among Bruins defensemen in ice time. Um, but yeah, but you can you can roll him out there five on five, like right right after, you know, if it's after a penalty kill, you could throw him out there with McAvoy or, you know, after a, after a power play, he could go out with like a Clifton or what, you know, Clifton or Carlo or, you know, whoever's not, you know, someone else is not in the power play. So, um, well, just looking at last night's numbers, um, he had the fewest minutes. He had 15 and a half minutes and he had no time on either side of special teams, no power play or shorthanded time on ice. Grizzlick. Yeah, yeah, it kind of checks out. But like but like Scott mentioned, he excels five on five. And also, and look, it's not like you're gonna get injured on the power play. Um, but it's possible you can get hurt blocking a shot on the penalty kill, like Derek Forbert or so look, for somebody who's dealt with injuries in the past, I think to not have wear and tear on Grizzlick's body, I I think is uh I think I think it helps him. Um so I have no issue with it, and and also like like we've t- we've said like from a skill perspective on the power play, I mean McAvoy and Lindholm are clearly ahead of him in the depth chart there, and then on the penalty kill, Grizzly's size and and, and structure, um, not structure, his uh, his size and frame, isn't the ideal penalty killer either as a defenseman. So it's it's just kind of um, again it's a result of having depth and high end talent, and yeah, he has and, and- he has that, but. I, I was I was right. Grizzly is sixth uh, among Bruins D in ice time, but he's still at seventeen twenty a game. So it's not you know like they don't have any of those defensemen you see on some other teams that are getting like twelve, thirteen, fourteen minutes. Like well, and Strawman game. Strawman was when he was in the lineup. Well, yeah, but when they're when they're healthy, when they have their top six, like, mm-hmm. and, and that's you know that's a good spot for Grizzly to be. Obviously, he could handle even a couple minutes more than that, but. You know, I think back to like, I think it was early last season where out of the gates, like Grizzly had a few like 22, 23 minute games. And Cassidy mm-hmm. was asked, like, you know, is that what you envisioned for him? And he was like, well, no, that's that's more than we want. But like situations have kind of dictated that to us because he didn't trust the, the rest of the defense core. Um, so just a much better situation overall where, you know, y- you can specifically with Grizzly manage his minutes a little bit um, and then hopefully keep him healthier. Any more thoughts about this game? We haven't talked about defense really all that much um, against the abs. Uh, Scott, if you have a thought on or yeah, well, that's where I was going to go. So if one of you guys have a thought on defense, that's, that's great. But, um, and we can do that, but I do think we should mention Linus Allmark. uh, Yeah. because, Because it was a shutout and look guys, 15, and one um, second shutout of the year goals against average 1.82 save percentage 0.939 two shutouts. Um, holy smokes. Like, you know, you, you want to, you want to date back uh, about a year and a half and up. Oh, what was that Scott? Oh, I'm just sorry. Never mind. That was pretty sad. Uh, Melvin. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely was one of those individuals who was questioning, to say the least, the signing of Linus Allmark um, at the at the number that they signed him. When at the time, you have to remember the Bruins didn't have 
Hampus Lindholm on defense. They just, you know, Chara was gone and Krug had been gone. And, you know, the Bruins' big signing for the defense was Forbert and, you know, whatever. It, it, I just didn't think that – I thought Swayman could was ready, but – and he, Swayman's done nothing wrong since that time. But without rambling on, you know, and, and I've conceded a long time ago, and I apologize a long time ago, but has 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 Linus Olmark ever, ever vindicated the signing that Don Sweeney made to get him in free agency? I mean, he's been nothing short of spectacular. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a clear Vezina candidate. He still, we mentioned this, I think, the last pod, but still continues to lead the Triple Crown categories. Um, you mentioned the, was it 15 wins now? Yeah, 15 wins. Uh, 1.82 goals against average and 939 save percentage. First place in the NHL across the board. And, you know, obviously the Bruins have made that easier because after some early season struggles, they have turned into a very good defensive team as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think going, we all thought like it's going to be a split between him and Swayman again, and maybe at some point it still ends up as that, but for, you know, different reasons, whether Swayman's injury or a little, little bit of struggles early on, um, they've had to rely on Allmark and he's been more than up to the challenge. And it's, um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, you know, one, one year, basically you go from, uh, you know, is he really worth that? Did you need to sign him to that To It, it looks like a steal. any, any team would kill to have a, a goalie playing like this at $5 million. Yeah. And I had just had to look back because that was his second shutout of the season. For some reason, I thought it was his third or he, Apparently the Bruins, I thought that they had more shutouts this season than they have, but they've, they've won a lot of games big, but still, um, you know, allowed a goal in, in a lot of them. So Omar has both of the shutouts for the Bruins. Um, and if you had told me before the season that Omar was going to shut out the abs, I mean, obviously we wouldn't have understood the circumstances that they're in right now and, and the abs injury issues and, and what have you, but I would have been like, Oh, it sounds like if you're like, truth like true or false uh, i'd be like false probably false <laughs> um so he's you know he's been great um he hasn't shown signs of slowing down um which is kind of like the point where we're at it's like all right well he's pretty much good every time he plays so we're just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop but it hasn't he stayed confident um and it's just it, it seems like he's gonna be a, that's the one thing about goaltending though like Sometimes all of a sudden you hit a spell and it's just like it you're you don't have it for whatever reason for a little bit and he hasn't hit that. Um will he, will that happen at some point during the season? Remains to be seen. Um goalies yeah. don't usually have a full perfect season where they look like this good the whole time, the whole way through. No, even Igor Shesterkin last year, I mean, had like a, an historically great season, but he had a stretch, I want to say like February, March, where he dropped off for about like a 10 game stretch and then picked it up again. Like it, it'll happen to your point. Like no goalie goes an entire season being great the entire time. Like he'll hit a three or four game stretch where he dips a little and maybe Swayman gets two straight starts or something during it. But um, the key is, you know, great goalies don't let those stretches drag on for, you know, a month, two months, like they get it back on track after a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, like even 
like two Garask would go through through stretches like that because I would always I felt like I like I would always write something while it was happening of you know because people would freak out and be like oh like two two guys choking like he's had like three bad games in a row or whatever <laughs> and I would like go back to like his Vezina season and be like look here's like a five game stretch where he had a an eight eighty save percentage or something like it always happens with every goalie so I don't I'm miss sure the two for callers. I know they were yeah. rabid. There was there was no talking sense into them, Scott. Well, whether they no, loved if, them, there was no, or whether they hated them, they were stuck. Yeah, well, you know when they're gonna come back if if the Bruins win the cup this year, they're they're gonna come back and be like, see, they just needed to get rid of Tuca, and now they win the cup. <laughs> Spencer from wherever is gonna call back. Uh, don't uh, you know what? I think we made a joke at the beginning of the year, or 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 maybe it was last year. Thank God we're not going to hear from those people anymore. And we have it. Um, before we move on, I, I did want to talk briefly and get you guys' opinions on what you've seen uh, from a structure standpoint with this Bruins team. I just want to – we don't talk about this really very often because it's kind of very minute details. But look, it's the little things when I watch the Bruins that they do that separates them from the majority of other teams. And I say majority because, you know – other, there are a few other teams that, that pay attention to, to these details, but the Bruins seem to do it really, really well. And that is, um, you know, sticks in the lanes of passes from their, from their opponents. And not only that, but like what you do before that, like if you notice, there's a lot of deception to the Bruins game. Um, when the Bruins don't have the puck, whether it's their forwards or their defense, um, specifically in the Bruins' own end, the Bruins, they do a lot of stick movement. Um, and a lot of times it's like they're showing they're showing the opponent one lane, one passing lane, knowing that they're about to take it away from them when they when they commit to it. And it's a lot of small things, but it's it, it helps the Bruins, especially on a penalty kill. And if and, and when you notice the Bruins kind of collapsing in their own zone, just pay attention to this going forward because it's something that they do really well. And like I said, they'll show the, they'll show their opponents certain passing lanes, and and then they'll take it away. And and the other thing too is that the Bruins. They're always on the right side of the puck, and and you know they're always making sure that they're you know they're checking pr- properly, and um, and it, it's it's little things like that that when you look at a team's roster, like you, you you try to say, oh, this team is so good because they have players X, Y, and Z, but a lot of times, you know, there are plenty of teams that have a ton of talent, but the the fine details either aren't coached well enough, or they're not they're not um, I guess instituted or implemented. Um, properly and it's something that the Bruins do really really well and so I just w- want to see if you guys have picked up on that over the course of this 20 what five game start to their season yeah and even like beyond just d-zone coverage just how much more active they are um like for checking through the neutral zone and with, with active sticks and forcing turnovers there it's um you know I think John Gruden probably deserves some credit for that, taking over the defense, which, you know, they didn't really change the foundation. But to your point, like some of those small details, maybe, you know, maybe that's part of his influence, part Jim Montgomery. And, you know, it's it's a little odd to think of them like doing that more because it's like Patrice Bergeron's always done that. So, you know, it's like, why didn't everyone just try to copy Patrice Bergeron? Um obviously a lot easier said than done. Um, 
but yeah, they've, I think that's part of like the defensive growth we've seen is not, not just like getting better positionally and structurally, but being more active with their sticks and, and, um, enforcing turnovers and, and like you said, like almost baiting teams into them. Yeah. And it's like, it's just another one of those like examples of doing the small things, right. Or doing, doing the like a little bit of extra than they did last year where you're seeing just all of it come together for them this year. And it's, yeah, it's definitely something that the Bruins have done well as an organization the last, you know, 12, 15 years, they've always been, they've always had a great defensive structure and they've always paid attention to the details, but it definitely seems that um, I, I'm I, noticing it with players, certain players this year that I didn't notice out of before. So like, like, like a Jake DeBrusque, for example, or, you know, whatever, who, whoever it be. So, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say the other day, I forget what the context was, but Montgomery has in the past given credit to, to Gruden for, some of the defensive questions that we ask him about, he'll, he'll, you know, give him a nod and say, Oh yeah, that's something that it like, I think it was in a intermission. He was saying that like Gruden was the one talking about like some of the adjustments they needed to make in order to turn things around. And one of those games that it looked like they might lose at home. And then all of a sudden they, they were able to come back and he was crediting Gruden with, you know, changing, you know, I guess just getting through to the team, um, on defensively what they needed to be doing. So um, definitely somebody we don't talk about that often, but that has made an impact. For sure. Yeah. Every look, um, every, every button the Bruins seem to have pushed this off season with, with uh, new personnel decisions um, seems to have, have, have paid off uh, and uh, undeniably. So 